today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, all of the Punisher episode titles have been revealed on Twitter, sort of. Uh, another Marvel hero has been teased for the Punisher, and another Marvel show is in development for ABC. This one is going to be led by a female. Ooh, plus, tonight we'll be covering more of your Defenders feedback after our regular feedback session. Uh, if you've seen Defenders, stick around for the end of the show. All that after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall. What's up, my friend? Man, not much. I've been listening to these amazing headphones this week yeah yeah we got a we got a we got a kind of a cool thing happen this week a company called studio headphones uh sent us some headphones to try out so all the way from uh, stockholm sweden like uh we're 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 we're, uh we definitely wanted to mention them and thank them uh, a couple of times here on the show so uh we we both uh got two different kinds and got to like wear them all week uh what did you think of your studio headphones jeff Oh, I got the uh, I got the Studio Tray, which is their their new line of, um, I guess, sport, active, workout ready, whatever. They're sweat proof and have these these little wings to kind of lock them into your ears. And like, I normally don't like headphones or like earbuds that go into my ears because like they fall out, I shake my head, whatever. Right. They something like that happens. But these like fit perfectly and they like they completely locked in and they let all of the ambient noise in outside of it and i thought like when i was first reading up about it i was just like oh that sounds really cool like i can just hear everything and it's i mean i can hear everything i can hear people padded away on the treadmill whenever i'm you know doing my lifts but it's still when you're playing music through it that's all you get is music yeah. and then you'll hear somebody be like hey and then you look <laughs> right and yours were bluetooth as well right mine were bluetooth yeah yeah i and, was uh, i was really impressed with mine as well the bluetooth uh you know they they said they they <laughs> it's, it's very cool of a company at all to reach out to us as a podcast and ask us to like kind of look ch- listen to something and review it that was just kind of neat but uh um does this mean that we're getting there it means are we the big time now hey this is like our second company that sent us free stuff to talk about on the show i like this trend a lot um (laughs) and hopefully it's stuff our listeners don't mind listening for a second about but uh yeah these these headphones i use the lg tone plus regularly and they're like the little earbuds that hang around your neck and uh they sent me what, what was my model called the regent the regent um and it's like an over the ear like kind of like a uh in the style of like over the ear headphones or whatever um but they're real stylish and look cool and uh <laughs> uh I, I i felt like they were too cool for me a little bit but like that's okay um, <laughs> uh, but they uh they, they look real neat and they're called studio because they're it's a phil collins reference like the song <laughs> su su studio it's like, oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a Phil Collins branded headphones, which, so that kind of made me like them a little more. Uh, but what I really dug is they sounded just really good, like really good bass and really good everything. And, uh, my favorite thing about them was I was able to leave my phone on a charger and the Bluetooth was really connected. Like I walked all the way around my house and I got, uh, really good connection everywhere in the house. I was like doing dishes two rooms away and still being able to hear my phone from the other, you know, connected with Bluetooth from the other room. They're not, they, nice. Sometimes the LG like loses connection in my pocket. 
Um, <laughs> it's like, it's in my pocket and it's still like, like, it's not, uh, it's like, uh, I move my body the wrong way and it's like, I can't find your phone. Uh, these things did a really good job. I never lost connection for hours of walking around my house cleaning and stuff. So they were really yeah, good. Apparently they, uh, they wanted to combine the like sleek Scandinavian look with like, you know, headphones that you want to be seen wearing or, right. you know, look too cool for you, but also combine them with like actually good technology. <laughs> right. Cool. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm seeing that now. Like at first I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Spiel. Yeah. Cool. Marketing. Eh. But like, it's actually, they're really good headphones. Yeah. They're not bad at all. I, you know, I was ready to come on here and lie and say, and say they were good regardless, but they were actually good. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I was not gonna, I wouldn't lie, but, uh, I was was good with bold face lying straight up, but no, no, they were really good headphones. Uh, so check them out. Studio headphones. Uh, thank you for kind of sponsoring us this week. Uh, they didn't, they didn't pay us for that, but they did get give us headphones. So that's kind of a sponsorship, right? Yeah, and they gave us a code for our listeners. Uh, if you guys want to get your own sets, uh, we can get you fifteen uh, percent off with the code Marvel fifteen. Yeah, they're definitely worth it. They're they're better than my LGs, and they're cheaper than my LGs. So I would check them out if you're if you need some Bluetooth headphones. They're cool. Don't you just feel silly now I having do. bought something more expensive and less functional? Yeah, yeah, I do. All right, man. Let's get to Marvel stuff. Okay. Uh oh actually I did have one more housekeeping thing that's uh oh, that's not not Marvel well there's a couple Marvel related items in it but uh hey everybody I started my Kickstarter for my new album and is it an MCU tribute album uh no there are two hidden Marvel references oh uh somewhere in the, <laughs> the one is specific to the podcast actually um <laughs> i had to like just give a nod to our friends uh, out there listening to the podcast so uh, <laughs> uh i thought that was fun uh but yeah album's coming out in a couple months and i started a kickstarter for it uh and i've just started telling everybody about it so it's not really like up and running hardcore yet but it's there and i put it on the mcucast.com if you go to mcucast.com on your computer it's over on the left hand side if you're on mobile it's all the way at the bottom but there's a link that says like go to matt's kickstarter and you can go to matt's kickstarter and support it and you can get the album um and if you want to support it at the higher levels there's all kinds of cool rewards but that's all i'll say because i feel like we've been doing ads too long so uh i'll probably mention (laughs) it on the all the coming shows for this month because it's a big deal i've never done an album before and i've always wanted to and it's really expensive, and I can't do it without a little help. So, um, the way that I want to be able to do it. So, if you got a chance and you got a few bucks, please go over and support my Kickstarter. I appreciate y'all. Um, okay, so Newsday, what do we got? What do we got, Jeff? Well, uh, apparently, there's a big sigh. Another Marvel hero is being teased to show up on The Punisher by the senior yeah. VP at Marvel, C.B. Sabolsky. I heard this, and what what did, what did it what, what did he say exactly? Just another Marvel hero would appear. He uh, he said specifically, another Marvel hero may be showing up on The Punisher. Maybe so, not necessarily. I bet that means they are because they wouldn't even be teasing it if it weren't. Right. Well, it's it's kind of it could go in in any direction at this point because um, there was a like there was a a, a new person um, listed as being cast in the Punisher recently. Um, 
where uh, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but she's cast as a a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. and um, it would make sense that Harley Quinn. I got it. No, no. Uh, did I solve it? Yes, you did. You know what? Five out of seven. Perfect score. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, if it was a, if it's a psychiatrist, then it could very easily be Moon Knight. Ooh, we've been because talking about that a got, lot, right? Because he's got now. multiple personality or dissociative personality disorder. Because he's got those split personalities, he could very easily just be seeing a psychiatrist for dealing with that, and then Moon Knight's there. <laughs> Like, then he's a possibility. Yeah. Or more than likely, it's Daredevil, because one of the IMDb credits um, in The Punisher is for a stunt double who was in Daredevil. It's uh, Chris Brewster is his name, and he was a double for Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Right. Um, but I feel like stunt doubles can be stunt doubles for multiple people, and they can. They, they work can. a lot of times. They work with like a team, and they'll and you know work with the maybe Moon Knight is the same size as Matt Murdock. Yeah. Well, well, beyond that, I, I feel like if it was Daredevil, I feel like they they would. I don't know. Saying another Marvel hero makes me think it's a Marvel hero we haven't seen before. Yeah. I may be wrong. I very well could be wrong, but it sounds to me like they're trying to tease that we're going to get somebody new. So that could be cool. It could be. It could also be Daredevil showing up for no real reason at all. I mean, they did what they did at the end of the Defenders, and you know, we know knowing what we know, they you know, we. It would be strange for them to drop him into a completely separate situation without explaining it first on Daredevil. Right. But I mean, this thing like Punisher's met Daredevil before. I I just feel like it's not news if it's Daredevil. If it, it could, I could see it being Jessica Jones or Luke Cage, and it being news, or for that matter, it could be a uh, Ghost Rider, or um, <laughs> you know, it really could. I mean, it could be any, any anyone from the MCU. All the heroes could be Deathlock, you know. Oh, dude, you know, it, it would make sense though that uh, that Ghost Rider would show up to make Punisher pay for his sins. Oh, that would be so good. That'd be so good. I want. I want to know what happens when the Punisher comes up against uh, comes up against uh, the Ghost Rider. Because, I mean, he's a good man, I guess, but he is doing kind of the <laughs> wrong thing a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, so that would be an interest. That would definitely be an interesting thing to see. Wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be so for cool. sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Um, um, cool. There's other other Punisher news that I that I mentioned in the rundown. Uh, all of the we're assuming at least all of the um, episode titles have been released on Twitter, but they were released in Morse code. <laughs> International awesome. Morse code was used. That's um, rad. If they released them in chronological order, then we we now have the titles in order. Um, you know, translating it from Morse code. Do we want to? Do we want to read that on the show? Sure, I'm down. All right. So, impossible spoiler right alerts. I'm sure it's not really because they're releasing them, but still. Yeah. Um, first one would be 3 a.m. Then we've got two dead men. Do you think that one stars Matchbox Twenty? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, I must be lonely. Sorry. Probably not. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Uh, <laughs> After Two Dead Men, we've got Kandahar, 
and then resupply and then gunner and then an odd title in the judas goat the judas goat the judas goat interesting um then we've got crosshairs cold steel and this one's i like this one a lot it's um front toward enemy which is always printed on claymore mines just dumb thing that they print on there like you have to because you know coffee is hot so we have to put labels on everything but front toward enemy is that one uh then we've got virtue of the vicious danger close home and then memento mori memento mori m-o-r-i hmm if that's a memento reference like uh from the movie memento do you know the movie memento i know of it great i have not seen it great movie um it's about a guy who uh can't make new short-term memories Hmm. So he has to write, tattoo. He tattoos himself with important information. So <laughs> he has to wake up every day and remember that he doesn't remember anything, and he has to like retrain himself and live a life of no new short term memories. Um, it's it's super. It's a super good movie. It's Christopher Nolan. Uh, one of his first, uh, his second movie, but his first like wider release. I guess it's really good. Right. Really, so really good. It sounds a lot like Fifty First Dates. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, I think it predates that, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> it definitely, does. it's definitely similar, except his his memory loss is much more severe. You remember the guy in Fifty um, First Dates who had the memory that he kept forgetting every thirty seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. In Fifty mm-hmm. First Dates, the guy, the guy in Memento is the same way. He like forgets after after a couple of minutes, he just forgets what he was doing. Gotcha. It's a, it's that's, real good. That's rough. That's a rough life. Yeah, really good movie though. <laughs> Highly recommend. You have, to pay, right. you have to really pay attention. It's like one of the. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like seventeen or eighteen when I saw it, and I was like, "What? A movie can challenge you intellectually?" <laughs> <laughs> I really was like, "This is not a popcorn movie. This is like, you really have to." try to understand what's going on just to even understand the plot of the movie you have to try to understand what's going on which i don't I, understand with with all these terms like i would still eat popcorn at a movie like that <laughs> point is you have to focus oh okay, okay. in a popcorn movie you That's can be distracted by the popcorn and not really care no you if you're distracted by the popcorn then you don't have your form right <laughs> Not all of us have. In, in I'm a form. pro. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm not a popcorn pro. <laughs> all right. Well, you won't have to be a popcorn pro for this next one. Oh God, that was so dumb. That, that was not seem really a terrible a thing. But go ahead. Terrible. Um, so the last thing that I mentioned in the rundown uh, is that Marvel and ABC are developing a new show a new show that's going to be female led and the way that okay it was it was announced at the edinburgh tv festival um the senior vp of original programming for marvel television kareem zrick uh revealed that a 
female-focused show. He's they're developing a female-focused show. They're describing it as Jessica Jones-esque. Okay. And I'm kind of concerned. <laughs> Why are you concerned? You can't put a Jessica Jones type series on ABC. It like you just you can't. Uh, I mean, unless it was at like eleven o'clock at night. I feel like the the nine o'clock slot could do a lot of what Jessica Jones is doing now, which is where they they where they're settling settling in with Agents of Shield. And isn't isn't humans going to be at nine as well on Friday? I'm not sure, actually. I know that it's going to be on Friday nights, but I'm not sure what time slot they're in. Hmm, I don't either. Um, I don't know either. We, we might need to look that up. Yeah, we'll probably need to find out before, you know, it happens. Uh, we did both see Inhumans now, and tomorrow we're going to be dropping an episode about that, the Inhumans IMAX experience. Yes, yes. Give me, since, since some people that aren't going to listen to that episode, give me your uh, uh, two-word description of your thoughts of Inhumans. Two words? Yeah, uh, two words. That's two more words than Black Bolt can use. Um, yeah, so I'm, being, I'm going easy on you. <laughs> Just emote. <clears throat> Promising, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I'd say pretty good. <laughs> Slightly disappointing? Oh, yeah? But also promising, maybe? I, you know, we're already over our two words, but I was actually... Uh, I thought it was better than I was expecting, especially given all the negative press. I was better, oh, yeah, no. better the, than I was, expected. It was better than all the negative press made it out to be. Like, it, there's no way it could have been that bad. Well, I mean, I saw those trailers, and there was a way it could have been that bad. <laughs> um, it was better than the trailers let on. Like, it, it, the marketing was pretty crappy for Inhumans, and I thought the show was not nearly that bad. It reminded me a lot of a... It's an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. level show to me. Yeah. Like, it's... it's It is as good... So far, it's, like, on the level with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's got that one really great actor, and everyone else is probably going to grow into the roles. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's the one really great actor the, for you? Oh, gosh. The guy who plays Ramsey Bolton on... Uh, uh, Ewan, Ewan Rowan. Yeah. He's... he's the the guy who plays Maximus is a great actor, uh, among actors that will probably need to grow into their roles, just like happened on Agents of Shield. I think it's I think it's got potential though, real some real potential. But we'll talk okay. about all that tomorrow. What's our next news story? Our next news story, uh, other than the Jessica Jones esque show, um, which we're not even sure what it's going to be. Uh, after that is going to be that uh, one of the Inhumans actors. That were, you know, one of those subpar guys, Mike Moe. He actually lied to get the part of Triton. Uh, was, Triton, if, if you'll remind me, was the green character? Yeah, he was the green one that uh, that we saw, the first one to go to Earth, as far as the right, series right, right. Was, was concerned. Yeah, I remember. Um, Just they green asked one. him in... in <laughs> That's why I said the only his, green one. I'm trying not to spoil anything else. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they asked him in his interview um, for the for the for whenever they were first talking about the role. They were like, how good a swimmer are you? And he was just like, well, I'm, I'm basically an Olympian. <laughs> like, he used a name... He dropped a name of a you know a gold medal athlete, right? But uh, he was not. He's not a good swimmer. Oh, that's and funny. The, he was just like, no, yeah, I'm good. I got this. And like they, you know, once he got the role, he was like, crap. Now I got to actually swim. <laughs> now I have to like train for swimming. 
so he did a lot of swimming and training for it and now he's now he's pretty good that's awesome <laughs> I, uh, I, lo- I love those stories of actors they always lie to get their roles and they have to oh, yeah. learn to do stuff it's funny they're like no yeah i'm good for that i know how to i'm a trained sniper they're like you you are <laughs> yeah totally absolutely you've seen the with my pinky. videos of keanu reeves training for john wick Dude, they look. Oh, he is so cool. I'm such a badass. <laughs> He's so badass. Yeah, I got another. I got another couple of. I got one more casting thing, and I'm not so sure about it. Um, Marvel's Runaways, the Hulu series that we're hearing so much about all the time. Yeah, pretty excited uh, about it. They have cast Julian McMahon as a character named Jonah. We don't know who he is. He doesn't have any counterpart in the comics, but he's a pivotal character, quote unquote. And do you remember who Julian McMahon is? Uh, I do not. He was Doctor Doom in those two awful Fantastic Four movies. Huh. Okay. I'm guessing he'll probably be one of the parents, if I had to guess. Uh, no. No. All the parents have been cast. Oh, okay. He's not in that weird okay apparently he's a, a pivotal character for the children cool and i just uh, he was he's been okay in other things that i've seen you know he's all right but like yeah you can't really blame that fantastic four movie on him and honestly for its time i'm not saying those are good movies but for their time they weren't bad they like took the source material sort of seriously except for the doctor doom thing for some reason no one can uh, no one wants to like just make Doctor Doom a character, uh, you know, like the actual Doctor Doom from comics. No one wants to get like give him his own country and stuff. Yeah, nobody wants to give him his own country. Nobody wants to let him do magic. Yeah, so I feel like uh, I feel like though though his he his, he was fine. He's fine in those movies. After Doctor Strange, I think it's okay. Doctor Strange is out now. It's okay to let Doctor Doom do magic. Yeah. It's fine. That's what do- that's what doctors do. Magic, right? <laughs> Medical magic. Uh, you know it. It might even be mystical. He could do something somewhat mystical. He could come from a far off realm. No way. That's Iron Fist. Anyway, he's um, not a doctor. He's not a doctor at all. But he's going to need one with those cuts and bruises that he got. I don't know. Um, so Finn Jones has around four or five months now between now and shooting for season two of iron fist they started a few weeks ago with his training so now he's actually got an ample amount of time (laughs) to train and get ready look the part or look more the part i guess because a lot of people complain that he didn't look like an iron fist um but he can look more the part and actually be better with choreography now since he's got time yeah. so look forward to that well it's it's not so much him that i'm worried about he, i never think he was bad at looking like he was doing martial arts it's from what i heard and, and this is this is a little hearsay i think i actually heard this on fat man on batman or whatever uh, apparently the time that they were given to shoot episodes was very similar to the time they give like cw shows to shoot episodes yeah. So that's why the fights look like CW fights is because whereas on Daredevil they spent, you know, a lot of time with the stuntmen and with the actors making those scenes, those fight scenes look right and look real and look like they have stakes. Um 
you throw a fight scene together and apparently there's 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 news there's reports of like um the the actors show up 15 minutes before the scene and they do a quick run through of the scene like and that's yeah. that's their training that they got for for individual fights you know like it wasn't yeah it was like can you imagine how much training charlie cox had to do for that hallway fight um, oh yeah, I mean they had to do that that particular scene like several times through. He said it was like on their seventh or eighth take that they finally got the one that we see. Yeah, um, and it's that's crazy. That that's the kind of work that like that's the kind of work and care that makes these things look good. And and we were still talking about this scene like three years later. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's not a scene in Iron Fist. Like, there's a couple scenes in Iron Fist we could talk about, but it's they only stand out because they were like marginally good <laughs> against a bunch of bad. Like, Daredevil's <laughs> always good, and then there's a few amazing fights. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the the ones that we talk about with Iron Fist are mostly involving Colleen Wing. Yeah, well, Colleen's great. I, I, yeah, I love Colleen. There's that one, the one fight scene that I thought was interesting with Iron Fist was the one against the axe wielding ma- a team or whatever. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one, like they they did the interesting cuts. They had interesting editing choices. Like, oh yeah, in the, in the elevator fight. Yeah. Um, that was really cool, and and it was like in the third or fourth episode, and we're like, oh, they're finally they're gonna let him do some cool. They 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 found a voice for their fight sequences, and they never did it again. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, oh well. Well, guys, it is time to get into some feedback. Feedback. We got a whole lot of feedback tonight. Um, a uh, whole lot of feedback, and then after our feedback, we've got defenders' feedback. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna. Lay and I think in after feedback. defenders' feedback, we've got defenders' feedback. Feedback. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what our defenders' feedback is. It's ah, it's feedback on the other defenders' feedback. Yeah, totally. So let's check out you guys' feedback for the week. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Sierra H said to us on, I guess this is on our blog, I love this podcast! And as someone who is completely overwhelmed by the comics, it is super helpful in understanding the lore. I have a small, maybe big request, and that is to just lay out all of the MCU movies in order on a timeline and just confirm a few dates that may be confusing. Thank you for all you do and for helping me navigate the minefield of awesomeness that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. So we have not done this, but a lot of people online have, and I will put a link uh, in in our show notes uh, to a to a timeline for this episode. So if you're listening to this episode, Sarah H, I will put a good, I will, I'll find a good timeline. The problem is there are so there are a few confusing things with the timeline right now. I don't know how much you're into the whole timeline thing. Um, but recently there was this whole drama with the fact that the Spider-Man movie may have screwed up the timeline. <laughs> yeah. Um, but people are still putting together, uh, timelines that at least sort of work. Um, and if you're looking for the just release dates, I'll try to find both. I'll try to find an, a chronological timeline of events in the MCU and a, uh, timeline of how to watch the MCU. Cause there's both and they're very different. <laughs> there's a little <laughs> bit of jumping around and like, you'll have four movies that happen in the same week and stuff like that. Um, in the, in the universe, but in, in life, they came out three years apart or whatever. So you have to watch the beginning of Thor, the dark world, right. uh, until three minutes in and then stop it. Yeah. There is someone, <laughs> there is someone who laid it out that way. And, 
that's pretty crazy <laughs> to try to to try yeah, there, to there's videos navigate of, like, that. A supercut of the MCU. Yeah, where the, you know it's all chronologically laid out, and like I, I can't do that. No, that's silly. I cannot spend that's that amount silliness. of time. That's silliness. Uh, but yes, so Sierra, we will. Uh, did I call her Sarah a minute ago? I think I may have called you Sarah. It's Sierra. I thought um, you just kind of concatenated all of the. I don't know. All the sounds just kind of shortened it. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that, Sierra. I will definitely put that in the show notes this week. Good. Good. Uh, let's see. Ashley said to us, I wonder if Disney can't take the Marvel Netflix shows because doesn't Netflix own the rights to that? Plus, I bet Disney can't have an MA section among all the kitty movies. That could end badly for them. Haha. Hmm. That's interesting. Do they want, yeah, if they're going to have their own streaming service, do they want it all to be kid friendly? Um, that's that's a good question. Um, it's been said that they're going to have like several Disney original series on there, and all the Star Wars movies, and all the Marvel movies, and some a bunch of the Disney movies. Like, are they still going to rotate out like the the Diamond editions and like this fresh out of the vault? Like, if it's if it's fresh out of the vault, are you going to put it on the streaming service or what? Yeah, I don't know. That's that is all good questions. <laughs> it, it, it may be that like stuff stays in the vault unless you have Disney Unlimited or whatever. Then you're just like you have access to all Disney movies all the time. Yeah. Um, which you know could very I don't subscribe well subscribe to the vault. Yeah, that that honestly, they should call it the vault. Like that'd be like yep. finally we're allowed into the vault, and they just give us everything ever, Disney ever did for whatever twenty or thirty. 20 bucks a month and and if there's good That's enough so much i know i know but there's people that pay it there's disney files out there man and the thing is if they if they put out a, like a star wars series and it was only on that man you know that there'd be people that would want to want to get on it yeah yeah <sighs> i just it's, i mean i'm not gonna stop paying for netflix you know right. i'm not gonna stop paying for hulu mm-hmm they just want me to also pay for Disney streaming, whatever. Well, the idea is, as the digital world emerges, that we're all going to switch over to uh, to choose the streaming services that we choose to have, and then like stop getting cable or whatever. I've already stopped getting cable. Yeah, yeah, me too. We're just, we're just, we're, we're going to be those people on the that were that were here for the beginning, where we're like, you know, it was good when there were only two streaming services, and that gave us pretty much everything we wanted, right? And now, but but you and know, now we're paying as much as we were when we had cable. Yeah, and and net, Netflix has become instead of like a repository for everything, they've become this channel that makes these few very specific shows we love. You know, yep. <laughs> like we're going to keep paying for it because it has the defenders. <laughs> yep and then we're gonna i mean we're gonna have hulu because it's got the runaways mm-hmm. and you know all the network television uh, the you day know after marvel out. wants to, you know you know you know disney wants to put a marvel show on that disney thing too yeah even, even if they keep their even if they keep their uh defenders type like their um rated r stuff over on netflix they could easily do you know a show like the runaways or something on on uh on their streaming service. Yeah. I just, I don't want to pay that amount of money. Yeah. Anyway. I said 20. That's probably exactly. I can't imagine they're going to do 20. 
but still though that like even if it's like another twelve dollars like god we're just gonna keep throwing stuff in and then you're gonna get the the abc thing right i'm definitely gonna get the cbs thing cbs that's the one cbs with with star trek i'm i have to it's the star trek subscription (laughs) yeah it's my star trek subscription and i it probably will be one that i cancel although i'm probably gonna get used to being able to see the thing that cbs does and it's it's the same thing that hulu does um you can watch anything for free on cbs.com right now like i think like i don't think you'll be able to watch star trek for free but if you don't without a subscription right now i can go on and watch stephen colbert which is my favorite late night show um for free on my computer but um if i pay for the service i get to watch it on my roku and on my ps4 and all these other places that you can't watch it for free it just allows you so i have to like sit at my desk and watch uh stephen colbert every day if i want to watch it and if i could wake up and like roll over and turn on cbs.com and just streamed that i would much prefer that and what's probably going to happen is i'm going to pay for the cbs service for star trek and i'm going to get used to to watching stephen colbert in bed before i go to sleep and then i'm going to like end up (laughs) buying oh well this is really convenient i'm paying for the convenience the 6.99 a month is worth it to not have to have to be at my desk to watch (laughs) some of my shows i like oh and look it's another crappy reality tv show i can watch while my, when when i want to be completely mind numb <laughs> i've been working on the album too much this week i need to just i need to go into a coma and watch the bachelor for six hours gross <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on man. man bachelor in paradise no no so uh, good let's see. so good next <laughs> next feedback uh nathaniel muzzy said to us on facebook this is mostly to tease matt it has been a while it has been a while since i read the comics but i believe that in the secret invasion comics some of the scrolls if not most didn't know they were scrolls until the invasion began they had been given the memories of the heroes they replaced and then were activated manchurian candidate style so if tony were a scroll i still believe the time to replace him was at the end of avengers when he's in space he would be making his choices based on tony's personality and previous experiences that is what interesting. I, I, just just to comment on that before we go any further, um, I, I'm sure he continues to comment. But I love love that idea because yeah. then, then you really can't have your cake and eat it too. Like the character you've been following for three seasons is is still the character. He's just also a scroll. <laughs> yep, love that. And then he continues saying, what I'd love to see in place of, or in addition to a full-blown Secret Invasion movie, is a smaller film with all the Avengers on a ship headed back to Earth and realizes there's a Skrull and has to figure out who throughout the course of the movie with the Skrull imitating various people throughout the film. So the audience has to figure out the mystery, too. I'm thinking Alien meets Clue with a zero chance of that kind of movie getting made. That said, I think most major members of the Avengers could turn out to be a Skrull, though some are more likely than others. But for fun, here's a list in no order <laughs> of who could be a Skrull and when they could have turned. Uh, Nick Fury dies after the car chase in Winter Soldier, replaced with a Skrull. Obviously, Hulk. yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> Hulk disappears into space. The banner Thor meets and Ragnarok is a Skrull. <laughs> Thor, leaked footage shows him adrift in space post-Ragnarok. Definitely Skrull. <laughs> Captain America died in World War II, replaced with a scroll. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, team probably not scroll. Spider-Man, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Hawkeye, Widow. Oh, and Matt, remember, he loves you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great list. That's, um, 
It's a little more than I want to think about because that's terrifying to have half the team be a scroll, especially the most powerful ones. Yeah. It's like if, if they're all scrolls, you know? Yeah, for sure. Also, it would be interesting. Uh, no, I guess it doesn't make sense, but they could use the scroll changeover. Like if everybody turned out to be a scroll as a chance to like replace actors and things. Oh, that would <laughs> be. Know. It'd be lame. It would be lame. But it'd also be lame if, like, Chris Hemsworth has been playing, or, like, uh, if Tony, if uh, Robert Knight Jr. has been playing Tony Stark all this time, but hasn't actually been Tony Stark, except for two movies or whatever, <laughs> three movies. Yeah. <laughs> be kind of weird. Kind of a bummer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could see it. I could see it after, you know, him being replaced in space. Because then he gets the whole, like, what did I do? What did I say? I'm so sorry. I have to... I have to make up for all of the things that other me did, and then he makes Ultron again. <laughs> right. Which would be less than stellar. Like, yeah, that's not, that, that Ultron was bad because it was the Scroll Ultron. Let me make up the real Ultron. Scrolltron? Scrolltron! <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yes. All right. Uh, Franklin T. Keener said to us on Facebook, Topic for conversation. Ghostwriter Robbie Reyes moves to NYC to get treatment for brother. Dr. Voodoo, brother Voodoo, and Damien Hellstrom, son of Satan, each get their own Netflix series. Then, a group series together called Midnight Suns! What do we have to do to make this a reality? Hellstrom could cameo on Jessica Jones. He's just this guy that I do skip traces on. Rogue demons and souls escaped from hell. Whatever. Doctor Strange could cameo in the first episode of Doctor Voodoo, welcoming him to NYC. I like that. Mm. Yeah, I like absolutely. I like the idea of moving everything into Netflix series because we get a deeper understanding of each character, villain or otherwise. Yeah, when we they have could the just series. put out a new Netflix series every Friday. Um, <laughs> we could just binge watch all the time. That'd be, that'd be so crazy. Because you know we'd try. We we'd try. We'd burn out after like three weeks. Like, screw it, <laughs> Marvel. You've done too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overloaded now. I'm not as familiar with all those characters uh, that he mentions, but uh, I'm. Yeah, it sounds cool. Well, you know the um, the guy. The guy that was the uh, the protector of the New York Sanctum in Doctor Strange, before Strange got the cloak of uh, levitation, and like fought off the guys in New York, that guy is, I believe his name is Daniel, but his last name is Drum. Um, he is the dead brother spirit of Brother Voodoo, who is also a. Magi- or uh, sorcerer, uh, I think it was at one point the sorcerer supreme. That title gets thrown around a lot, but um, right, Brother Voodoo has that spirit kind of always in communication with him, and Daniel Drum being there like just opens the door for Brother Voodoo, yeah, like already. Cool. Uh, as far as Damien Hellstrom, that would take some work. Um, he's effectively. I, th- I think of him kind of like Constantine, but a demon, but like act not human, you know? Okay. But I'm not quite as familiar with him. I'm mostly, I mostly know him from, 
there was a chapter, uh, like a special event or whatever, when Marvel Avengers Alliance was around. Okay. On Facebook. But yeah, that's that's mostly where I know him from. Anyway, um, that could be a thing. I don't think that that would happen that way, mostly because they, they're not going to cross Doctor Strange over into the Netflix series. But, you know, it could happen. could yeah. be something that could happen. You never know. Totally. Uh, next up, we got Christopher Hitlet said to us, listen to the Possible Futures episode, and I have a few ideas. Young Tony Stark sighting in Captain Marvel, and what if Howard Stark was a Skrull when he died, and instead of being dead, has been somewhere else, still alive, maybe in the quantum realm or something. I would love to see current Tony banter back and forth with his dad and get some resolution to his daddy issues. After they resolve the storyline, Howard could rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D. a little better. Enjoying the podcast. Thanks, guys. Ooh, I like the idea that Howard's alive. I just feel like there's not much chance because he died. He died by Winter Soldier's hands in a very physical way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's actually on camera. So unless there's some way to get out of that. I mean, and it's a comic-like show, so there is always a way out of it. But, you know, he could have... I'd like to see, like, a copy of himself. Like, like he, he loaded himself up into an AI, like... uh <laughs> like um, oh gosh what's the doctor that did that tony no <laughs> oh um, you mean arnim zola arnim zola thank you well tony did that in recent comics but yeah i know what you mean yeah like what if what if howard's like the the good arnim zola because <laughs> arnim zola <laughs> pulled it off in the 40s like howard lived until the 60s or 70s at least or 80s? How, I don't know. How how long did he live? 90s? December 16, 1991. That's right. God. I'm sorry. I don't remember that date. <laughs> how do you not? It was said like 14 times in that Yeah. <laughs> I think it was probably said like twice, and I just don't remember it. <laughs> no, he said it a lot. He said, Mission Report, December 16, 1991. No, he did over say that. And over. He did say it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably now, said it at the very beginning, too. What if that Howard was a Skrull? Yeah, that is possible. What if you killed Skrull Howard? Yeah. And they never noticed. Normally when you kill somebody who's been replaced by a Skrull, like if you kill the Skrull, they revert back to Skrull form. That's how you know. So it wouldn't be that. (laughs) Unless they they don't have that as a feature of the Skrulls in the new world, in in the MCU. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I really it's like weird. the idea of them shooting someone thinking they're a scroll and then like not changing back. Have Oof. you have you seen I can't spoil it. Never mind. Watch Rick and Morty, please. <laughs> okay. Watch uh oh gosh, Total Recall. The episode Total Recall is one of the best things ever on television. Okay. We should watch it after this. Um <laughs> All right. <laughs> Carrie McKellar said to us, uh, will the big Jessica Jones news about David Tennant, one of the best doctors, have any tie-in to how they bring back Elektra in Defenders? Thanks for the new game recommendations. I now have to find it in the middle of nowhere. San Francisco is five hours away. Whew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> um, I don't think that the news about David Tennant is going to be... 
I don't think that they're going to do it the same way that Elektra is being or was brought back. Um, I think he's just going to be uh, a figment of both of their imaginations. Because there are set photos of David Tennant like standing in between Jessica and Malcolm, and it looks like he's just right up in everybody's ears, and you know, trying to trying to mess with them, but they're not hmm. paying him any attention. It looks like they're just still in their own world. He's just kind of like, you should think about me. Yeah. So I think or it's just, he's controlling that. both of them. Yeah, it may be, but I I doubt that. I doubt that they would do that. I mean, she broke his neck. Yeah. And but, they said in Luke Cage that he was killed, you know? Well, yeah. And he was definitely killed. Talk about him being dead. Like, he was definitely killed, uh, but we just we just got to wait and see if they just had to do something about it. Um, yeah. I'd love to see him again. Um, as much as I want death to matter on the sh- in, in the MCU, I also David Tennant is one of the few guys I'd be like, bring him back always. Like <laughs> whatever you do give him, he's gonna be great. You have to do. Maybe it's his twin brother. Death kicked him out, or he got brought back hand style because Nobu said there's no such thing as death. Or oh, the, uh, or, or the some, one of our listeners uh, wrote in about that a few weeks ago. I think we talked about it on the show that the hand after the events of Defenders, the hand brings him back to just to screw with Jessica. That would be mean. Yeah, be real mean, <laughs> but absolutely possible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to spoil the Defenders for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. It hasn't even been out a month yet. Uh, let's see. Jeremy Alvarez said to us, between using the modern Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy team, applying aspects of Miles Morales' character to Peter Parker, and now the use of the Black Order, it seems the MCU has been using a lot of things that are from very recent comic stories how do you feel about marvel taking stories concepts and characters from comics that are younger than the mcu personally i only feel they should take from those comics if it's something that's instantly iconic such as miles and kamala since the classic stories are what we've been waiting for decades to be brought to screen hmm I don't have a problem with them using modern surroundings. I think I honestly think uh, we've got a little situation of the tail wagging the dog here. Like, I think some of the stuff they're introducing in comics or they're focusing on in comics is they're trying to bring the two closer together <laughs> in some respects. I think they want because when they're trying to sell comics and you see Iron Man on a comic, you're like, you want it to be the Iron Man you know from screen to some degree, even though that's a bad example because. I know right now it's not at all, uh, apparently, <laughs> from pictures yeah. I've seen. But uh, you still, you still. I think I think they're they're trying to bring those closer together. And a lot of what the uh, MCU has been based on all along has been kind of the Ultimates universe. Um, and yeah, and the Ultimates universe is not that old, right? And the way that comics universes exist in such a flux and there's all they're different universes and there's you know if you, if you want to talk uh uh what's the uh, 616 is that the marvel universe yeah that's the mainline marvel the mainline, universe. but there's other universes and i just consider since since it's its own universe it can do its own thing and i think they're going to pull from whatever makes sense for them both artistically and from a business sense. Like I think like a lot of stuff that they do in comics is retreading old ground sometimes. I mean, I don't I don't know much about it. I really don't. I haven't read them all, but I've seen like 
a bunch of comics called Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity War or Infinity whatever. Like they, yeah. they, they've retold that story over and over because they're like, right now in the movies they're leading up to this and people are interested in it, so we're going to keep retelling the story <laughs> and giving it like putting more meat on its bones, and and all of that becomes fodder for later like consumption on the on the on the movie screen. You know, I don't know. I, I hear where you're coming from, Jeremy. I think like. Uh, you know, if you're if you're someone who's been waiting for all these iconic storylines, uh, then you want them to do the iconic storylines. But don't you also want to be surprised sometimes? Like, <laughs> don't you don't you want that? Like that you don't. I don't think anybody wants them to just straight up translate what happened, what they know happened onto the screen. You know. Uh, it, I don't know. There's a lot of comic book purists out there that would love that. They say they'd love it, but then they'd be bored. I think. Like, if you don't know, like, part of the fun of having so many different ways of telling these stories in the comics is they have a lot of different source material to pull from, and you can, you know, take a zig or a zag where you need to to keep the uh, keep the audience interested. And I, I sometimes they're they're more or less successful with that. Uh, like speaking of one that I think was a great success and other people hate the way they use the Mandarin in Iron Man three, uh, two two right no three it was three sorry uh, <laughs> the way three they was use, the bad one the way the way they use the Mandarin in Iron Man three I love. I think it's great. It's a zig where you're like, okay, we're going to get this big, char- big over-the-top Mandarin character. I'm fine with it. He's scary. Uh, I love I love Ben Kingsley, so I'm, I'm going to go along with you for the journey. And then when he turns out to be Trevor, it's such a... It's such a zig, you know, and, th- and that's not from comics at all, but like that's just what they thought would be the best move, and I loved it. Other people hated it. <laughs> Probably, Jeremy, you may have hated it because you want, if you want the <laughs> comics to, it to be some of the comics. I don't know. I just think they've done a great job of choosing their choosing what they decide to stick to, and when they decide to zig, and when they decide to zag, you know. Yeah. When they yeah. go, when they go ultimates, like the the idea of having um, Spider Man is a great character, but. On screen, it's a little hard that he doesn't have any friends. Like, no one that's in on the gag. The in on the fact that he's Spider-Man. And so, bringing uh, Ned, which is not Ned from the comics. He's actually... Uh, what's, what's the comic? Ganky, thank you. Uh, Ganky from the Ultimate Spider-Man and bring from Miles Morales' Spider-Man, bringing him over was a smart move because it gave the audience... It gave... Tom Holland, someone to talk to about the problems and like to identify with and to kind of give you that filter of a teenage boy seeing it. Who's not, doesn't have all the baggage that, you know, Peter Parker is supposed to have. It was great. Somebody gets to be excited about it. Yeah. Somebody can just be excited and not be worrying about the weight of the world on their shoulder. It's just this excited (laughs) ganky character. (laughs) Like I'm remembering specifically, he was like, I don't think I can keep this a secret. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. We're like, but it's not happening to you. I think that's a great example of the, this happening perfectly. It's like ganky is from this Miles Morales story. Uh, sp- uh, you know, Spider-Man is, is uh, you know, Peter Parker is from, from the original, kind of the OG Marvel comics. He and was then, in Ultimates, too. Well, sure. But I'm just saying, like, they're trying... The, the origin story is, like, an old... A story old as time. <laughs> and then they... Tell us as time. Spider bites a man. Um, okay, that's going on the album. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to put that Se- on the album. Secret track. Um, yep. So, the so they 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 they, they took those two storylines, smushed them together, and created something that had never happened in comic books, which is like Spider, like Peter, young Peter Parker having a buddy to confide in, which I think was a great decision, and I think they've done a good job. I just trust them. I guess I just trust them to continue to like combine whatever they need to combine to make the most interesting story they need to make. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like they're overlaying classic stories into like kind of overlaying that on the Ultimates universe and being like, okay, well, how do we need to modify this story to make it fit into this grounded reality? So we could get anything. We could get really anything, but it it has to fit into what they've already done is the big thing. Yeah. So, so, I, so, in answer to your question, Jeremy, I guess like I don't think they need to stick to their the, the older storylines. I think, I think they, they they need to do what's most interesting and and like artistically fulfilling for the artists that are making it now. You know. Yes. Uh, let's see. Next up, Nerdy Tastic says at MCU cast Cyberdyne is the corporation in Terminator. Just FYI. Did, did we bring up Cyberdyne and, I, and we couldn't place where that was from? I don't remember doing that, but we probably did. <laughs> I mean, I, I talked about a lot of companies, a lot of tech companies on one of our recent episodes. Okay. Well, Cyberdyne and, uh, is... I think Cyberdyne was one of them. Uh, I, I remember saying, like, was that Terminator? Yeah. I vaguely remember talking about that. And I, I don't remember. remember. I said Wait. Skynet at one point. Yeah. Cyberdyne Industries. Now I'm thinking of Cybertech. Yes, like, Cyberdyne. I love, I love, uh, I love the Terminator movies, and I even kind of liked Genesis a little bit. I, I definitely like number three, and that's that's like already controversial enough. And then like, no, then Genesis was kind was fun. I, I definitely saw some problems with it, but it was still kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Mm. People just get so like, it's never. You're, they're never going to remake T two. T two is amazing, but yeah. like. You gotta just kind of go with the flow sometimes and see where they're gonna go with the story, you know. <laughs> uh, although I, I say that, and then I hate with a passion Terminator Salvation. I think it's a piece of trash. Oh yeah, it was absolute garbage. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. Nathan or Wobbly Boots eighty five said to us on Twitter, <laughs> Adams, you cast, you guys have got to fix your downloading problem. All of a sudden I have thirty six old episodes downloaded from you fellas. Uh, I wanted to talk about this actually. I'm glad he, I'm glad Wobbly Boots brought it up. Uh, I meant to bring it up earlier in the show. I am going to try something this week to fix the problem. I'm going to do it this week, but I, the reason I wanted to mention it first is because the thing I'm going to do is change the download source of iTunes, and I'm scared that when I do that, it's going to do it again. <laughs> uh, but if it works, it'll be With the like only all of the episodes. Yeah, if it works, it'll be the only time it does it. So, so if it happens again this week, please forgive us. But hopefully, it'll be the last time it happens, um, yes. at least for a while. Um, we'll, we're, we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. We, 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 I realized we started getting those. I don't know why it never dawned on me before, but we started getting complaints about this after we had swapped over, swapped over to Blog Talk Radio's feed. And I think maybe if we go back to our older feed, like our feed on. Um, uh, straight through WordPress, I think we might get a better result. 
So I'm Maybe. going to try to make that happen this week. Wasn't the WordPress one where we only had 100 episodes, though? Yeah, probably so. So we will end up losing some episodes on iTunes, which sucks. If that's the if that's the case. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do some on the back end. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to figure something out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kenny Carlson said to us, hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi, Kenny. I love the podcast and wonder when you start selling t-shirts so I and others can show you our appreciation to you. Oh. Show you our appreciation to you. We should do that, Jeff. Start selling t-shirts? Yeah. We'll get some t-shirts. We gotta get some made first, don't we? Well, yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm just gonna um, go into my closet and get a t-shirt. Well, you can have this one. We were, we're, we're giving some swag away soon to our supporters on Patreon. Um, if, yeah. you're, if you're a supporter on Patreon at the $2 level, I believe it is, you get swag every six months. So yep. uh, if you want to go so support on Patreon every six months, we're going to throw out a uh, some sort of uh, like swag thing swag um, like shirts and or cool cool tumbler glasses or something cool we're gonna we're gonna come up with some cool stuff and and that's actually coming up pretty soon yeah that's we're the next two months. two months away i think from our first yeah. round of uh of swag going out so uh if you want to get in on that get in on that because once we send out our first group of swag we'll probably we might sell off if we have any extras but um after that, they won't be able to get that that level that kind of, that swag again. It's, it's Patreon exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to say that exactly because we might, if we end up with extras, we might sell them on the website or something. But yeah, um, limited run. Limited run. That's that is true. That's the one. Um, but <laughs> it, 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 for those of you who do not want to support on the uh, Patreon, and I understand sometimes the weekly commitment is is a little too much uh, or whatever, we'll uh, we'll. We'll look into some ways, some some store options for our website soon. I promise. <laughs> well, the problem with this show is me and you have both have very intensive full time jobs, and we don't get to do things except for the day we record. So it's like if it's not involved with the actual recording, we have a hard time getting around to doing those things. Yeah, um, or if I like, I have to take. So I have to be distracted at work to do things while I'm at work and it's not good to be distracted at work. Yeah. And I, I'm just in the middle of this album. This album is consuming my, all of my thoughts in life right now. Well, Matt, clearly you're banking on the wrong money making thing. We could sell shirts and you'd be fine. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think the, the music is going to make any money. Believe me. Go again. Go look at the Kickstarter. I don't think anyone's really contributed yet. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> Gary contributed like a boss. Um, uh, and other people have pre-ordered the album, which is awesome. I, I'm super happy. I think I've got like I've got very few contributors so far. So I'm not. I'm not like this album's going to make me rich. Uh, I, it looks like it's going to be hard for me to even pay for it. But I'm going to be very artistically fulfilled. <laughs> Um, I'm very excited about it. I'm going to remind you of that every time you're just like, oh, I got to work on music stuff and be like, no, Matt, you said you were artistically fulfilled. You're topped I mean, off for a while. No, that's not how that works. Just coast on that. Not how that works. No, it um, is. It is. It's like a, it's a gauge that you have to fill. Yeah, kind of is. This is a video game here. Uh, Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, you were speculating on a love interest for Rocket. The obvious choice is Squirrel Girl. Oh, totally. I want Got a thing for bushy-tailed ladies. She would be lucky <laughs> to. Oh, right. To have someone she... the caliber of Rocket. 
But she is lucky. Get. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. It didn't. It didn't click at first, and uh, then. I think that's a great, a great idea, Jeffrey. I need to email Jeffrey because I think next week we're supposed to do his um, commissioned episode. So thanks, oh. Jeffrey, for supporting. Next week, I think that's our next free week. So we're going to do a commissioned episode for, Jeff, for Jeffrey James. If you know, we can remember what that is. Or have you talked to him about it at all? Oh, we've talked a little bit about it. Uh, okay. But I'm going to email him and uh, confirm the deets. Solidify. And we'll, and we'll get that going. All right. Uh, Geronimo says this on Twitter at MCUcast. Will Doctor Strange go back in time to help or to get Miss Marvel to help? Is this how Sitwell from Hydra knew about Doctor Strange before his powers? Ooh. I like. I actually really like this idea. Like... I like the idea of like maybe she does the sacrifice play and that's why she's like in the nineties and uh and the, why she's not around, like she sacrifices herself or something and but then like uh in like a Schrodinger's cat way, like right before she dies, he shows up and like just takes her out of the equation and brings her to the future. That could be cool. Could I don't be a really know cool way to, to end that show. Do that. I mean it would be really neat to have that happen, but the way that we've seen the time gem or the, the eye of Akimoto work uh, is that it, it doesn't let him go to a point in time, but it rolls it back. Absolutely. I I wouldn't say that it had to be that time gem. There might be other ways to travel through time. Other magical things. Yeah. Or, or dimensional ways to get time travel to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, what if what if Captain Marvel is in the '90s, but it's an alternate universe where it's still the '90s? <laughs> and just like, just like snags her out of that. Sugar Ray and Limp <laughs> uh, Biscuit are everywhere. Yes, yeah. Lots of boy, and, um, lots of boy bands, lots of boy bands in the '90s. What happened there? Of, yeah, like In Sync and Backstreet like, Boys. Yeah, ninety-eight degrees. Those are the three big ones. But I mean, like. It's just like the time of the boy band. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Actually, I do get it. If you, if you if you want to if you want to get it more, re- listen to Bo Burnham's song "Repeat Stuff." Check it out on Spotify right now. It's one of the best songs ever. So Nerdy Tastic said to us on Twitter a series of things. <clears throat> so who do we want to play Norman Osborn? Should Harry fit into the storyline somehow? Hmm. I feel like Harry has to be there somewhere if if, if we get Norman around, right? It would make sense, yeah. But I just I think that we've had so much Harry slash Norman already in those previous spider-man movies yeah you'd want it to be something different um i don't want just like a harry uh norman osborne that immediately goes for being the uh like i I think it'd be interesting if there's the norman osborne around and maybe a harry osborne around for a couple of years before the transformation you know like really get to know the character uh either either as an antagonist or a protagonist you know (laughs) Ooh, yeah, Norman Osborn protagonist movie. Like before, like not. I wouldn't say that. I was just thinking, like in the in the in the Spider-Man movies, for instance. Like, nah, man, <laughs> it needs to be exactly like the Venom movie. 
He's just the good guy. Or no, I think like like before he ever has the serum or whatever that kind of makes him go a little kooky. Uh, he's already like a prideful man. At least I, I really only know the movie origins, but like he's like a prideful man, but maybe not a bad guy necessarily. And then eventually <laughs> the serum kind of pushes him over the edge, you know. Um, but who do we want to play along the lines of like the West Wing or something like that, where it's just all business dealings, <laughs> and yeah. then it devolves into superpowers? Right. Yeah. I'm totally. just thinking. I'm just thinking of like. If Norman Osborn is leading a tech company and young Spider-Man, like, kind of, you know, like, looks up to him a little bit uh, or whatever, uh, and and he's not immediately the Green Goblin. He's just, like, a, just a good tech billionaire guy, <laughs> maybe with a complicated relationship with his son, and then really get to know him for a few movies and then hit, him with, hit us with it when it's, like, time, when we've had a little time to get used to the idea no. and... I've got it. I've got this nailed. Because of the way that the Green Goblin looks almost exactly like the Skrulls, it needs to be Tony Stark is a Skrull, and everybody calls him a Green Goblin because he looks like one. And hmm. <laughs> that's no, the I, one I that, hear you. That's that he's looking up to, right? And that's he, not a horrible... He goes all nutso. And develops this other weird deck, right? Right. Like, perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> it's Robert Downey Jr. playing another character. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, that's like pretty much what we've said on a previous cast. Like, Robert Downey Jr. can play anything in the MCU he wants, and so can Bill Murray. Yes. Um, and that's my that's answer. Needs to do it. Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've said it before. Everything. Just everything in the MCU. Uh, she also says other possible storylines: Fear itself or Axis, uh, the Black Vortex, but sub something else for the X Men. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like Fear itself um, just because it involves a lot of Asgardian stuff and multiple hammers and whatnot. Um, some possibility of like end of the world stuff, but I don't know. They're they're breaking Thor after Ragnarok, so. It, could open the door i don't know and i'm not sure about axis i didn't read axis and the black vortex if i recall was x-men versus inhumans Hmm. so you'd have to have a you'd have to have another like well-known team to go against them Hmm. and i feel like at this point at least inhumans versus avengers is going to be like (laughs) it would be like a weird you know like not uh, yeah you you just don't have another source of random powers in the galaxy yet yeah oh no wait i'm sorry i'm sorry black vortex was all new x-men and the guardians of the galaxy oh so yeah you got so humans you fighting stick in humans and where x-men is i mean that's what they're doing anyway yeah for sure so you could definitely have in humans fighting the guardians of the galaxy i don't know that that plays given where they're putting the Inhumans on ABC TV. Like for them to get to fight against the Guardians would be a pretty big deal. I don't know if they'd do that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Nerdy Tastic also said, "Adam G. Cast, keep up the good work. Half of the fun, or half the fun of this stuff, is the speculation." Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. 
Did she say? She nope, said. She just said. Uh, she just said, "Keep up the good I work." Like I thought, I heard. She just said, "Keep up the good work," and you're like, "I love you too." Though. That's kind of awkward, man. I okay. <laughs> uh, PayPal <laughs> said Adam to guess. Also, keep you. I know. <laughs> I know everyone wants Avengers 4 to be Secret Invasion, but what if we had another two or three phase arc? It would feel less forced. Totally with him. Yeah. Totally with PayPal in this one. Uh, I, I want, I love the idea of Secret Invasion. I don't really want it for Avengers 4. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't. I, I, oof, it would be so bad if it was over the course of a movie. Like, oh, yeah. That was such a big event. I mean... And, so monumental well we're gonna get groundbreaking we're gonna get the kree scroll war so it's gonna like at least span the the idea of the scrolls will have already been introduced so the idea of a scroll invasion could happen in one movie i think but i think it's just too soon if we're gonna come directly back from infinity war which needs to be two movies itself like three and four need to both be infinity war i think if they if they if they wrap up infinity war in one movie i'm gonna be uh, bummed, but yeah, bum- <laughs> I'm gonna be bummed for sure. Definitely bummed. Probably upset with a side of possibly irate. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, Pippi also said, "MCU cast in the comics, Rocket has actual triplets. That's what I was referring to for my Rocket and Group movie idea." Ah, well, who's who's their mother? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't remember know that happening. Oh, well, we'll have to look it up. That's something we'll look All up. All of our speculation about it. Yeah, and she he had he had a he had some sort of mate all along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Nathan Wobbly Boots eighty five says Adam Cast, What if they get Janet Van Dyne out of the quantum realm, and during her twenty years in there, at some point she was replaced by a scroll? <laughs> yeah. I love that just everything is a possible scroll. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like <laughs> that's absolutely possible, but it seems like a lot of work for the scrolls to do to go into the quantum zone and and change somebody out, you know? Right. <laughs> like shrink you down. Like maybe tr- may- maybe that's what they do with people when they uh ooh, now that's it. That's an interesting. Uh, that's a, that'd be an interesting thing. Like what if that's what they do to people when they decide to uh replace them? They like trap them in the quantum zone. And oh, then, God. and then, like in Ant Man and the Wasp, they're trying to get back Janet Van Dyne, and they find not only Janet Van Dyne, but like, but everybody else is everyone replaced. else. Yeah. Oh God, that oh no, that is a prison. Um, in Marvel Comics and in um, uh, Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that was, it was called the Big House. It's developed by Hank Pym. It's a prison. They shrink people down. They shrink villains down and trap them in this in this like looks like a like a dollhouse basically cool and that's that's one of the prisons that they have um that would be very similar to that oh that would be so silly yeah <sighs> anyway i actually kind of um, like the, i like the idea of th- that that would actually be a really amazing like we found we they find janet van dyne uh, in the quantum zone and she's like with a bunch of other heroes and we, and that's how we find out. And then like the rest of the universe doesn't know. And Ant-Man has to go out and like face down other heroes, like knowing that they're scrolls and maybe they don't even know they're scrolls. And you got this like kind of get a cool little civil war thing going, even though you know, they're scrolls and they don't. Oh, 
That would be crazy. Be fun. It'd be fun. It could. It could. Um, Madcap Bibliophile said to us at MCU Cast, Hi, guys. I'm a new listener to the cast starting this year. I had a question about Skrulls. Do they leave their victims alive? Uh, I have no idea. Do they leave their victims alive, Jeff? Yes. They, uh, they imprison them uh, so that they can uh, study them and like take their memories and just basically provide an opportunity for them to escape. And go back to being heroes. <laughs> it's it's a comic way. I mean, they wouldn't. Right. They don't kill. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. They wouldn't do that. But uh, in in a movie, in, in a movie, they might. You never know. Yeah. Uh, Madcap Bibliophile also says at MCCast, if Rocket had a quiet nerdy kid, that would be the one to fear because that kid would be building bombs and getting away with it. I feel like a guy named Madcap Bibliophile. I feel like uh, maybe he's he's uh, saying too much about himself. <laughs> His name is Madcap Bibliophile, and he's like, watch out for the quiet nerdy ones. We build bombs. I mean, they build bombs. <laughs> <laughs> little introspection there. <laughs> uh, Jake OZ said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, calling it now. The Miss Marvel that shows up in Avengers 4 is a Skrull. At the end of her solo movie, she'll, or we'll see her in a hospital, quote-unquote, recovering after saving the world, not knowing it's actually a Skrull research facility. When she returns to Earth, we'll get the coma excuse, but the end credits scene will be some sort of cliffhanger reveal. From there, they start the secret invasion story. What do you think? It could be cool. I I don't know. Like the more and more I think about the secret invasion story, I I, I love the idea of doing it at some point, but they've really got to do it right because if they do a thing where it's been going on since the '90s, and really. It wasn't Hydra that was inside of Shield. It was Scrolls inside of Hydra inside of Shield. Like, what? How far are you going to go with it? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, like, like it's kind of the same. Too much retcon. Yeah, it's a little bit too much retcon, and uh, it's kind of like Russian nesting dolls of like cons- of these conspiracies. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was actually the Inhumans doll. all along. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Russian nesting dolls of who's 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 doing what kind of secret invasion? <laughs> like what what awful organization is it now? Yeah. Like they take their masks off. It's just a series of masks. Yeah, like a weird Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> Uh, Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Facebook, speculation for a movie they probably aren't even making. (laughs) I love these. Uh, I think if they do Secret Invasion, there's a good chance that Norman Osborn hasn't become the Green Goblin yet in the universe. I think it would be much easier to make him an evil, power-hungry businessman. He could even claim the Iron Patriot armor because it's government property. Now, the fun part is, he could be so power-hungry that he begins to experiment with dead Skrulls to find the source of their powers. And said experimentation leads to him splicing some of his or some of the Skrull DNA into himself, and ends up getting his iconic Goblin look. Maybe he even tries to use the process that spliced Carol Danvers with Cree DNA. Found some random art that shows how much Goblin looks like a scroll human hybrid. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good speculation. That's like that's good uh, stuff. That's like they sh- you should write this stuff. Nathaniel. I like that. <laughs> yep, yep. I uh, I like it. I believe in it. 
Uh, Brian B. Klein sent to us on Facebook, just got done listening to the Possible Future Storylines episode, and I have one that I would love to see and could almost be done now as a Guardians of the Galaxy storyline. That would be Annihilation. Although I don't know who has the rights to Annihilus, they'd pretty much just have to replace Super Scrolls, Silver Surfer, and Galactus. I know those are three key guys, but have faith in the Feige. <laughs> oh, we do. We really do. <laughs> I can see Annihilus being a thing. But, I mean, Annihilus... Didn't he? No, he didn't. Did he come from the Negative Zone? Negative Zone is a Reed Richards kind of central thing. Hmm. So that you think Annihilus itself might be a I, yeah, I think Fantastic like the, uh, Four. Fantastic Four tied I up. I really think they need to get Fantastic Four back just for the villains. Like, Fantastic Four always had such large-scope villains. And yeah. once they take care of Thanos, they need, they're going to need some large-scope villains. So I'd really love to see Phase 4. I mean, it's just perfect. Phase 4, you know? Like, I know they're saying they're not doing phases, <laughs> but they really should. They really should do, like, at least one final it one. Could, call it, it Phase 4. It's a really fantastic phase. Yeah, for sure. They could just call it Fantastic Phase. <laughs> just, we the all know what they mean. Phase-tastic 4. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm sad I said it now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I kind of mocked you. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Ashley Ann Coffin said at MCU Cast, I would talk Game of Thrones with you all day. Four well, exclamation marks. Uh, maybe me and you, Ashley, can start a podcast about this, the four spinoffs they're making of, of Game of Thrones. Jesus. <laughs> Do you know about this? No, they're in produ- like in a pre-production on four spinoffs for Game of Thrones. They're not expecting all of them to go. They're just like planning four so that, and they've given them to four different writer director teams, and they're planning to see which one of these works, and then they're going to make that series. Maybe make two of them. Who knows? <laughs> it's the universe of Thrones. Yeah. Gotu. <sighs> I mean, there's so much story. Are, are you caught up? Are you do you watch it at all? I have not watched this most recent season. Okay, it's great, and it's it's. I mean, the whole show's great, um, but it's a uh, really. There's so much history uh, to, to that they could delve into. They could tell so many different stories in oh, yeah. in, in that world. So, cool. like, I want to see what happened with the Mad King. Yeah, me too. Even though we kind of know it all, it's like. I just I want to see it. Or seeing Robert know? seeing Robert's Rebellion would be really cool. Really yeah. really cool. Um I just played did I mention this on the cast already? I played Game of Thrones Risk last week. <laughs> it was <laughs> no. it was amazing. Did you win? Uh, I did. I won handily. I'm pretty sure Josh <laughs> and Paris won't listen to this. I kicked their butts. Ah. Uh, felt so good. <laughs> felt so good. You know like it's just it's not polite to say that when they're around. But man, it felt good. I just destroyed them. You know, it's really, uh, <laughs> it's really not fun playing Risk with a history buff because, like, you'll see somebody setting up like the Iron Curtain, and you're like, "What in the hell? Like, are you blitzkrieging me?" <laughs> and they'll like they'll enact like really great strategies from history, and you're just like, "I can't stop this. I, I have to. I don't know. I have to yeah, make an alliance." I don't know about that. Fighting using using Germany as a place to attack from in risk is 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 foolhardy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't get Europe. It's just, just don't even try. You're never gonna hold it. <laughs> you're never gonna hold it a whole turn until late game, and and then and then you're if you're if you're holding Europe, you've won the game. Uh, you've already won the game. You've already won when you've got Europe. Uh, let's see. Jason Hicks says to us on Twitter, Adam, her, hey, Adam to you cast. In baseball, they do not put the third K backwards to avoid a racist symbol. A K is a swinging strikeout. A backwards K is a called strikeout. Hmm. Well, see, that's that shows how much I know about sports. Cool. I don't. I didn't even know what the backwards K thing. But he went on to post a picture, Jason Hicks. Uh, in the example below, there are several three Ks in a row, and he posted a picture of just like forty Ks in a row. Some are backwards, <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of in a row. And I, I just don't like that picture. I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> I understand it's baseball. I don't like sports, and now I like them less. You've given me more reason to dislike sports. That just seems like it seems uh. You're unnecessarily me outside it just seems unnecessarily antagonistic to put that many k's on your field um <laughs> you're being real aggressive right? <laughs> for a game that's a national pastime and like you got nine guys on the field that are just standing there you're being real aggressive national pastime just like racism <laughs> right God. uh uh so let's let's go with this other one yeah let's move on uh, I think it's Demiana. Demiana Latfe. Yeah. Latfe. Or Latfe. Or Lotfe. Anyway. Hey, guys. Smiley face. Hi. Uh, Hello. Sorry for, sorry for possibly bad English. Winky face. And that's okay. I'll, uh, I'll read it. I'll read it exactly as it should be. I really <laughs> love your podcast and absolutely enjoy listening to you guys. Exclamation mark smiley face. I don't know if you've already talked about it, but I recently listened to the commentary to Age of Ultron, and at the end, Joss Whedon said something that puzzled me a bit. When Thanos picked up the Infinity Gauntlet in the credits scene, Joss commented something along the lines that Thanos had enough after being betrayed by Red Skull, Loki, and Ronan, and would start to collect the stones himself now. Sorry, but was when was it ever hinted that Red Skull worked for Thanos? Uh, was this supposed to be kept a secret until Infinity War, or was it just a slip of the tongue by Joss? I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on that, because I could not find anything online about it, unfortunately. Greetings, Demi. Smiley face. That is super interesting, Demiana. Uh, <clears throat> I have not listened to the commentary, but if that's not a slip of the tongue, and he, like just revealed that then you're like breaking news here um (laughs) that's pretty cool that would be really cool it was at no point ever hinted that red skull was working for thanos no no it wasn't he did the slightest he had knowledge of all this ancient stuff and i think he was just blindly searching for this power source of power that had been used in previous generations i don't think he had any connection to like so the spacefaring people, although he is out there now, and so I think it's pretty likely. It's pretty likely yeah, it's, he's out there and going to be connected to something. I, I just need to. I need to see Red Skull again. Yeah, yeah. I want Hugo even back. Yeah, me too. Uh, even, it's, but honestly, like as much as he, he doesn't want to do it, and I'm fine. If they want to do, if they wanted to replace him, as much as I love Hugo Weaving, I would be okay with it. 
just to have personally just to have red skull back yeah it's an interesting character and the we never really see his you know his face is so distorted that it wouldn't even be that jarring if it was played by someone else that looked similar or whatever yeah yeah especially if he's gone through a lot of stuff out there in space he might look even different he might have scars and who knows (laughs) being out here this long has scarred me forever and then he's no it's because he's been through so many jumps like in guardians that messed with his face <laughs> Guardians 2. Totally. <clears throat> Alright, so next up, Hayden Jones emailed us says, Hi MCU cast. Uh, question. In the trailer for Thor Ragnarok, it looks like Mjolnir is broken. Do you think Doctor Strange will repair Mjolnir using the time gem as he did the Apple and the book? Or do you think he will be hammerless come Avengers Infinity War? Thanks, Hayden Jones, Toronto, Canada. Well, he doesn't have the hammer when he lands on the windshield in the trailer, right? As far as I know, he doesn't have it there. And a lot of the... Um, Unless he's like spinning around and I've got to pick up my hammer. I think it probably means he doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in concept art for Infinity War, he's got something in his hand that looks decidedly not like the hammer. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I'm thinking he doesn't have the hammer. I think he's hammerless. I think that's what it is. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> I think that's all the feedback we have for uh, for 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 general stuff. But for we have a stuff. bunch of feedback about defenders and some very long feedbacks for defenders. So if you haven't seen defenders yet, you may want to let us go um, and then hey, hey, come come back come back next week uh, or tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the Inhumans. So. Uh, come back and listen tomorrow for the Inhumans talk. But now we're going to go into some Defenders spoilers. If you're not sticking around with us, uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. You can find us at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU to uh, leave a voicemail and be heard on the podcast. Uh, But, again, we're not done. We're going to go into some spoiler territory. Oh, Another thing, support the Kickstarter, MCUcast, uh, MCUcast at dot com. Check it out on the left-hand side. Just click on go to the Kickstarter, and you can uh, support my Kickstarter for my new album. Also, studio headphones supporting the cast this week, so support Marvel them. Marvel 15 for your 15% off code. Yeah, 15% off. If you say Marvel 15, just go to studiosweden.com. S-U-D-I-O. Yeah. They're good headphones, so check that out. Lots of things to plug this week. It, it but at once makes me feel like uh, we're an official podcast, and it also makes me feel bad for plugging so many things. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it is a little bit. Like making me feel good and bad. Studiosweden.com, Just put in your uh, put in your Marvel fifteen code, and that's that's your code to get fifteen percent off just for being a listener to this here show. Cool Bluetooth headphones. Check them out. All right, time for some Defenders talk. You ready, Jeff? I am so ready. Let's do it. Dive in. Just, di- just dive. Right. Spoilers, three, two, one, let's go. Jeffrey James says to us on Facebook, Defenders, spoilers. I wish I'd kept up with my comments, but I was struggling with health issues, as you know. You know what, Jeffrey? I hope you feel better. Yeah, man. Jeff. Jeffrey's been going through some stuff, so everybody send him prayers and good vibes and things. So Everyone send the love. Send right the love. Now. Call in voicemails right and just tell how much you love Jeffrey James, because he's having some health things. So yeah. I don't know how much he wants us to say. We hope, we hope you're we hope you're feeling better, man. For real. 
Uh, he continues saying, What frustrated me about the Defenders is that Danny Rand seems like a character lifted from the WB rather than from the same world as the other Defenders. The actor's skills are minimal, and he appears to have been cast due to his popularity in another show rather than for his ability. But it's how they've written Iron Fist that really falls flat, especially when he tries to communicate quote-unquote Eastern wisdom. His final attempt to say something profound is a typical example. I don't have the exact quote, but it came down to everything happens for a reason. A trite maxim that's both shallow and bullshit. What they should have done is have Danny quote Zen Cohen's like, or uh, Zen Cohen's and passages from the Tao Te Ching, and have everyone else go what? Instead, they made him into Norman Vincent Punk. I don't know who Norman Vincent Punk is. I I, I don't get a lot of the references in there, <laughs> but I generally agree. I'm so not cultured. <laughs> I generally agree with Jeffrey that I, I I don't even think that he's a bad actor. And yeah, I do think he was partially cast because of his Game of Thrones pedigree, and he, he had just been released from Game of Thrones at the time. And they like, hey, let's snatch up a Game of Thrones guy. That'll give us some <laughs> good pedigree. But um, someone else says it. I have some things to say about it on tomorrow's cast. Okay. Uh, because we're going to talk about the Inhumans tomorrow and uh, some of the some of the problems, the same showrunner, right? Yeah, Scott Buck. Some of the problems, my biggest problems with Iron Fist are my biggest problems with Inhumans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's kind of a big deal. I feel, I feel like they really and it's 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 a big problem. It's not it's not little it's not the little things. It's the big problems. I think the show both shows have potential to get better, but uh I think Scott Buck just might not know how humans work. Um <laughs> so let's, let's move on. Was it uh let's see. Was it also your biggest problem with Dexter season six through eight? Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. Was, was, he, was he in season? Was he? Did he, was, he was the showrunner for Dexter. Because man, six through season eight. five was amazing, and six through eight is. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of the right seasons. Six through eight lost lost a little bit of its uh, drive, its humanity, its purpose. Yep. Um, and that, that's the problem with both these shows. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, interesting. Scott Buck doesn't know what it is to be human, I think. That's, <laughs> that's real offensive. I'm sorry, Scott Buck. I'm sure you're a very nice guy. I just don't, uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan at the moment of these shows. So, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. what's Sherman Smith had to say? Uh, he said, <coughs> excuse me. Sherman Smith is our biggest Iron Fist apologist, I think, so. Uh, he, he will have the he will have the opposite opinion probably. How dare you? Uh, Sherman Smith said, "Danny took the oath to defend Kunlun from the hand. That doesn't mean he has to stay in Kunlun to defend it. All the fingers of the hand were in New York, where Danny is. Coincidence? No, it's fate. Danny was right where he was supposed to be. That may be. That may be. He fought the hand. Uh, it's just, you know, it's like sometimes you give." Just because you make a decision, it still doesn't make your decisions right just because your decisions work out, you know? <laughs> it's like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I, mm. doesn't make your decisions virtuous. Like, people make selfish decisions that sometimes work out in the end. It doesn't make your just, the initial decisions virtuous. The ends don't justify the means. Yeah, yeah. Pretty. That's pretty much what I mean. A little, yeah. different, a little different than what I mean, but it's similar. <laughs> Similar concept. 
Yeah. I, I'm kind of torn on whether or not Iron Fist was a great guy, just in general. So Sherman Smith said to us also, uh, I agree with Jeff. It's correct. He did the right thing there. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're setting up Shadowland yet. Maybe further down the line, further down the road, sorry. It definitely looks like a version of the Born Again storyline. Looking forward to Matt versus Nuke. Give me a red. Mm, give me a blue. <laughs> Just gotta calm down. <laughs> uh, PayPal said to us on Twitter, Adam, so you cast the scene where all the heroes but Daredevil walk through the door in the precinct was so good. The emotions were felt. That's awesome. I feel like... The fact that I was too meta uh, with that scene, it didn't hit me because I was too much like knowing that Daredevil season three is coming. You know, like I knew yeah, he, I knew he wasn't dead. It, it would have been okay. Like I, it did hit me when when his when his friends. Yeah, like I wish they hadn't announced Daredevil season three already, and I would feel a little better about you know. <laughs> It's, it's hard to watch shows like this when we know as much as we do. Yeah, and I don't like, even we think... we gotta stop this podcast so that we can be fans again. Yeah. Nah, it's like, they just gotta, they just should be a little more careful. If they're gonna decide to fake kill somebody in, in such a big way, it's not like they did it at the end of an episode. They did it at the end of the season. Like, it was a big 20-minute section where you're supposed to feel like Daredevil's dead. And then, yep. and yeah, you know, <laughs> you know? And then now he's not, and they like they didn't even wait till the next season. Right, to, that, like, that would have been worse though. Let's face it, that would have been worse. That would have been like, oh, we're doing that again. He's dead, but he's not. Like, <laughs> now if they yep. if they hadn't uh, if they hadn't announced the show yet, and then like they announced it after you think he's dead like a month after the defenders is over they're like daredevil season three will be coming out and blah 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 or you know it's netflix you don't have to have a tv schedule can't you just like drop it drop daredevil season three without us ever knowing it's coming like that'd be like the most baller move ever <laughs> and you know people would swarm to it like netflix would crash that day well honestly they'd probably crash less than they do now now it's like people plan for weeks around watching it and like if you found out it was on and everybody thinks daredevil's dead and then all of a sudden there's daredevil 3 is up it's like what (laughs) (laughs) like i just i feel like they should play a little more with the with the meta stuff to to support the storyline and i feel like almost everything i learn in from like a meta perspective it always hurts the story and i feel like they could do things to like help the stories along you know yeah. Um, but they don't do that. And that's frustrating to me. <laughs> yep. Uh, Nerdy Tastic gave us a line of, uh, of tweets. We're just going to combine them all. Adam's you cast question about defenders. Was it ever said exactly what made Electra the black sky? How to bring her back to life, give her powers when that didn't happen to other hand members. How could they have run out of substance in her resurrection scene? It looks like they put maybe two to three teaspoons in some blood. Those dragon bones are huge. Even if you brought a thousand people back a thousand times, it still wouldn't take that much. Also, was it me or did Jessica power levels fluctuate wildly? Sometimes she's throwing cars and other times she punches the guy and he barely goes flying a few feet. Then... She can haul up the elevator with Luke and Danny. It seemed off to me. Also, I am completely here for the Iron Fist shade. What a stupid, useless character that's far too easily outwitted and outmatched. 
<laughs> All right. Tell us how you really so feel. We have some feelings coming through Twitter. Um, yeah. So uh, we were never told why she's a black sky, but in season one of Daredevil, we saw another black sky, which was a young boy. Um, so I think that like a black sky is somehow something that just appears every so often in the population. And we, we don't, we don't know what that, we do, we really don't know much about it except it makes, made her a better fighter. Yeah. That's, that's really the only thing that we've seen out of black skies is that like, they're really good fighters and they have this urge to kill kind of. Yeah. And and, and she kind of had that when she was alive a little bit. So like, I just don't know. And uh, how did bring her back to life, give her powers? We don't know. We just don't, don't know. We don't know anything about that. And how did they run out of substance? I think it is possible they ran out of substance, given that they have been out of Kunlun for we don't even know how long. Thousands yeah. of years? I don't, I don't think that it's going to be thousands, but it's definitely going to be centuries. Yeah, so they've been, they've been gone for a long time. <laughs> And I think that's that's why they finally run out of substance. And we don't know how much substance they had to begin with. Like we don't know yeah, that they maybe they started with a baby dragon. <laughs> maybe and they, now they got this big one. Maybe they started with just a dragon femur or whatever. <laughs> um, this is all I could take with me. Yeah, yeah they, they, they're they're, they, up. they're on the run from Cunnelon at the end, and they didn't get that much. Uh, but but they, they've had they've had thousands or hundreds of years to. <laughs> To use it up, and so it makes sense that they might have finally run out. Oh man, you make it sound like they were uh, they were like escaping a fascist regime, <laughs> like they uh, were expatriating, and they're just like, "This is all I can take with me." Yeah, man, they're like uh, they're real refugees, refugees with dragon bones. Yeah, yeah, totally. On the run, run from Cunlun. Oh. With my dragon bones, uh, and yes, Jessica Powers. Jessica's power did fluctuate wildly. I don't think it necessarily sometimes. fluctuated wildly. I think Jessica's powers. She's okay. Heroes don't crush people's skulls. Do they not? Generally speaking, oh. Punisher probably will. But we find that even Jessica has a little bit of she. She. I think she's pulling her punches. Like she's not punching people to destroy them. She's just trying to like knock them out or throw them or whatever. She's not actually trying to destroy. Um, yeah, we did see uh, we did see an instance in her season where she punched somebody and it killed them immediately. That's true, and that, and that was when she's under the influence, and that's what she wanted to do. But yep. at her as the actual Jessica Jones person is not that kind of killer. Um, and and maybe not a killer at all. We've only seen her kill two people. One was under the influence of Kilgrave, and one was Kilgrave. Uh, Kilgrave himself. And that was. And then she still seems to be like struggling with the fact that she did that. You know, even though he was such yeah. a horrible uh, beast of a person, like he, she still struggles with that. That might have been wrong. She's she's kind of a hero in the in the, in the in the true sense, even though she wouldn't want to admit it. You know. Yeah. No, she hates that H word. Yeah. They all do. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ashley said to us, Defenders feedback. It was pretty funny. My husband and I didn't know about the colors for characters. So, of course, starting it out, we couldn't figure out what was wrong, quote-unquote, with our TV. We have a 4K, our baby. And we spent a good 45 minutes messing with the tent, flipping out because it was so yellow. It was a special marriage moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's really funny. <laughs> 
too. I, uh, I just kind of took it as like, this is the way they want to light it. Yeah, I, well, I didn't notice it right away. It wasn't until maybe once they started showing other characters, I was like, I was like, that oh. lighting in that sewer is pretty yellow. And then I was like, oh, well, why is this? Red? And then I was like, oh, I see. I see what they're doing there. <laughs> After it's been pointed out, then we're like, oh, it's obvious. Duh. Uh, let's see. Email. Whoa, we got an email from Matthew Westfox at Superhero Ethics. Superhero Ethics. This is Matthew from Superhero Ethics, and I've got two Defenders questions for you. First, was I the only one who found the big reveal about the hand kind of a letdown? We've had three different seasons of Daredevil or Iron Fist to get excited about just how big and bad these guys are. And it turns out their super secret world dominating must be stopped at all costs plan is to dig up some dragon bones so they can live forever. Maybe I'm just spoiled by Fisk, Mariah, Cottonmouth, and Kilgrave, but that seemed like a really weak, big, bad villain and a total disappointment after all the buildup. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think they didn't do enough to make it clear, and I think they wanted us to think that if they re- if they removed the dragon bones, they'd also be destroying the city. But they really didn't give us a good like reason that was true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that so I saw him with him there. Uh, it wasn't, like there wasn't even any kind of a flashback to show them like excavating a dragon from a different city and that one collapsing. Yeah, something like that would have been nice. Or like, maybe they talk about a city they did this to a hundred years ago, or something, and that's what destroyed it, or something. Well, but or, or Stick maybe talked about the cities that that had been destroyed, like Pompeii. Right, but they didn't make it clear that that was because it had a dragon removed from it. Yeah, um, and I, that's because they wanted, to, I guess, hold on to the reveal of the dragon. But that makes us not really understand what it just we didn't get the stakes. I think the stakes weren't clearly visible, yeah, which is a problem, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe going forward they'll uh, they'll get it figured out if they yeah. if they take all of our feedback, if they listen specifically to our podcast and get all of our feedback, they'll understand what they did wrong, and they can fix it, yeah, man, totally, because nobody else is talking like this, no, just us. <laughs> Uh, he continues, Matthew continues saying, Second, I hated the final moment of seeing that Matt is still alive. Don't get me wrong, I love his character and I want him to stick around, but the show went so deep into telling us he's dead and letting us have the emotional reaction to it. To bring him back at the last minute just felt manipulative and lazy writing. Not to mention it just reminds us that none of our characters will ever actually be in any real danger. Why get upset about a character seeming to die if we know they never actually will? I'm wondering how you guys felt if you loved that whole thread with Bat almost dying or if you were bothered by it the way I was. As always, love the show, love your insights, still want to have one or both of you on as a guest. Matthew Superhero Ethics. I will totally come on to the show, Matthew. I think I've said that and I probably dropped the ball. Uh, Yeah, I'm bad at at podcasting other than the one we get to do a week. Um, Yeah, Matthew, I think... I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about him him dying in quotations at the end and then coming right back? <laughs> it yeah. I would have liked to have seen where like he's he's dead, quote unquote, at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And we don't see him come back and then Daredevil season 3 is about uh 
Danny Rand taking on the Iron Fist persona, or not Iron Fist, or the, the Daredevil, Daredevil persona, yeah, persona and the costume, and him being Daredevil for a little bit. Yeah, that could have been awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. And then, like, it turns out that he's hiding a secret where Matt's still alive, but barely hanging on in some whatever hidden place, and he's got to deal with that. Man, oh, but how much would everyone have freaked out if we find out they're doing Daredevil season three, but it's not with Charlie Cox. It's yeah. with it's with Iron Fist. Like everyone would flip out. Although that would be a great like episode one arc. Like <laughs> you, 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 you watch the first episode of Daredevil and you hate it so much. And then the last frame, you finally see Charlie Cox and you're like, yay, I don't have to hate it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just use that to like, cause they have better showrunners and better writers, like to redeem the character of Danny Rand a little bit, like give him some, give him some path pathos or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. Could work. Just could work. Around for Danny Rand. It could work. I, I think it's really funny to see Danny Rand, like, he's in a costume finally, but it's not the Iron Fist costume, it's the Daredevil costume. Right. <laughs> the first costume he puts on is Daredevil. And then he's just like, you know what, I, I kind of like that. I think I want to get my one of my own. I think that it, it probably would have been a worse thing if they kept him, kept him dead at the end and then brought him back. I think that's probably a worse disservice to the the idea of death in the MCU. I guess I'm going to reserve judgment until I see what they're going to do in Daredevil Season 3. Like, why did they have to have him die? Because he's still dead to all his friends. So, is there a reason they really need him to be isolated? Because that could, you know, that could make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to wait until, like, 2019 to find out, though. Yeah. God. We got... We got Punisher in November. What's what's next? Punisher in November, and then Jessica Jones and Luke Cage... Next year. Next year. Okay. And then Iron Fist and um, Daredevil are the next year. Okay, cool. I really want them to do more than two a year. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost weird that they're not doing a season of each show every year because I understand it's like kind of the same team is working on some of the stuff, but uh, generally a TV show, even just like holding the actors uh, so that they have to work for the show, like generally they try to put out a season a year of shows like that, you know? Um, yeah. It's just like kind of a low output for each of those teams, especially given that they're only 13 episodes each, you know? When a lot of, a lot of TV shows are doing 22 a year. Doing thirteen every two years is is, is slow. It's slow going. Um, okay, we have a voicemail here. From oh, Jordan, we do from Jordan. Here, yeah, let me play this voicemail. Oh, is this the Jordan that I said he never hey, called guys, back Jordan again? Here. Told you I'd call. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, it is. <laughs> it is indeed. Hey guys, Jordan here. Told you I'd call back. Thanks for that little crack, Jeff. I think I should get some push-ups or pull-ups for that or something. But uh. Just got done listening to the Defenders overview and loved everybody's points, but there was something that has been bothering me since episode one of Iron Fist. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but Danny made it a really big point about how when he gets hit, it helps him center his chi and it focuses him and it makes him 
nothing but stronger. And they even showed it when the three guys were beating the crap out of him and he was tied to the chair and it ended up focusing him because he was drugged and he got out of the restraints. But they've never revisited that. And he's gotten his ass kicked a bunch of times since then. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. But keep up the good work, guys. I love it. And uh, can't wait for the next podcast. Yeah, that's a it's a weird uh, thing to give your hero. The ability to get more centered or more powerful by being beat up because no no man he's a saiyan <laughs> is that what happens to saiyans sorry and my my dragon ball z knowledge is very thin yeah they uh they get stronger when they get put like beaten close to death and then recover from it they come back stronger Ah, gotcha. That's how Saiyans are. Well, it's a weird power to give your uh, give your hero because then when are they ever really in danger? If that makes sense, like if the more they're beat up, the better they are. It's like they they also obviously have to get just beat up sometimes so that they can have that whole underdog turning around story. Uh, <laughs> he hits too hard right at the front. It's just it's just gonna kill me. I need you, the weaker one, to hit me so that I can get stronger before yeah, I go to fight him. It's weird. <laughs> like that's the only way that it could be in any way good. Yeah, it's weird it's stuff. Just, Nah, it, it's a it's an odd thing to give your your hero, and they really like they didn't expressly show it, but he did get his ass kicked and then win at the end a lot. So I guess maybe we were just left to assume that. Yeah, it's, 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 which is a bad thing to make us assume. <laughs> yeah, strange, strange. Um, we got two last feedbacks, I think, and they are both very long. So oh, I good. guess uh, just you read you read those and we'll talk a little bit about them. All right. So Ludwig Carlson said to us in an email, "Hey guys, hi, love your show. Have been listening to it for God years now. Awesome. I keep laughing and agreeing on your analysis and comments. And thank you for bringing new perspectives on a co- pop culture phenomenon. I love. So butt kissing over. Let's talk about Iron Fist." Okay, I'm ready. Um, I'll agree with you that Iron Fist is a letdown of a show in most respects. They didn't plan it out well enough and didn't deliver on the actually good comics that the character has been in. But as to your comments on the character in the show, let me cordially disagree. And I wish that my screed further down could have been addressed in the show with the help of a talented psychologist like Leonard Sampson or Anthony Druid. Uh, First, did Danny break his oath? Partially. As did every Iron Fist in history. His purpose was to protect Kun Lun, not bothering with apostrophes, and to fight with the hand. First one went bad. Second one went great. And yeah, you could argue that he didn't do a lot in the Defenders. Alexandra killed by Electro, Sawande killed by Stick, Bakudo killed by Colleen, Gao and Moonbear killed by chunks of <laughs> Midland Circle. But without Danny, would they really have gone down? <laughs> Killed by chunks of Midland Circle. That's funny. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, He says, Colleen would not have left the hand. The other defenders might not have survived the first encounter at Midland Plaza. Uh, Danny wouldn't have backed up Stick on confronting the Hand. Matt was the only one who could back up the claims, and he wanted to leave as fast as he could. The Hand would still have Black Sky. The Hand would, even without Alexandra, still have a massive influence over world affairs, including control of Rancorp. Danny was integral to their fall. 
and the hand was dismembered in a few surgical cuts, one oath down. Given that they have existed for X hundred years, more than or more done than any other Iron Fist has done on that front. As for the oath to protect Kunlun, was Kunlun really that good a place to begin with? No, really. I know it's portrayed like an Asian monastery brigadoon, but we don't know much about their values, what their philosophy was. The only thing we get is through Danny and Davos, and that doesn't paint a pretty picture. Danny was taken in really young, not even speaking the language. As time went on, he was trained in the use of violence. He was indoctrinated into an ideology he could not possibly have understood. He was required to swear an oath without even knowing all the details. Quote, no one in Kunlun told me that, is his secondary catchphrase, for God's <laughs> sake. <laughs> He was met with corporal punishments, less than stellar teachings in how to behave around other people. I am the Iron Fist. What does that even mean? He was forced into a religion. I bet no one taught him about Judaism, Christianity, or Islam in a Buddhist monastery. And for the final test, he had to fight a goddamn dragon. What does an oath mean when you don't know what you're swearing to do? When you don't know what you're swearing to do without knowing that there even are alternatives. When everything in your upbringing tells you to swear it. <clears throat> Danny Rand was not a citizen, free to choose his destiny through being able to experience all facets of a complex life in a complex world. Danny Rand is not a young man who joins the army and swears an oath to defend his country. He's a child soldier, brainwashed from a young age to do the biddings of or do the bidding of the elders. And it isn't just Danny. Davos was ready to kill his childhood friend, who was fighting their ancient enemy, because he wasn't doing it in the right place. Does that sound sane? No. I don't want to bring Godwin's law into this, but this is Hitler Youth stuff. No, Kunlun is probably not that bad, but if this had been a different show, would you object to a character named Danny Rand leaving those circumstances? A young man separated from his friends, family, and community, not understanding anyone around him, eventually taught to wield weapons, beaten in discipline, taught only one worldview, facing a final test of character and loyalty that means killing a, insert mythological creature, or die. And then he finds a way to return to the world he was ripped from. He takes it. That is the Danny Rand story. Discuss if you please. Your listener and friend. Hmm. That he makes a very strong case, a very very compelling case for a possible way they could have made this show better. The problem is none of that is in the show. It is in a roundabout way. Yes, all of those events happen, but they never make clear. This is the problem. They want us to believe that Kunlun is this mystical place worth protecting and that the Iron Fist Oath is worth something, but they also want us to believe that Danny Rand is okay being who he is. And so, like, I completely agree with you that that is a very compelling take. Sorry, my dog's freaking out. Yep. I completely agree with Ludwig that that is a very compelling take, and they could go there and kind of like uh, you. They could use the opportunity to make Kunlun sort of a uh, you know like that sort of a, a tale. I don't know, like that sort of a place, that sort of a brainwashing thing. And yeah, all that is in there. All that, all of all of the events he named are true. The problem is the subtext in the show has never tr- has never treated Kun Lun like the kind of place that he's describing. It's it still wants to kind of have its cake and eat it eat it too. If that if that makes sense. So that's where I have a problem. Is like it's not that um, 
we have we're left to assume most of these points. Yeah, and yeah. we're not really shown how bad Gunlun actually was. If, but we're if, also told that Gunlun is great. Exactly. But then we're told that Gunlun is bad. If Gunlun is that bad, they need to like have a moment where Danny realizes it, or that we as the audience realize, oh, you are psychologically effed up. Like instead, I feel like I feel like they're just having us walk this line where we're supposed to believe believe in all the teachings that Danny has been given and believe all of the like stuff that makes Danny Danny is good, which a lot of that is from Kunlun, and we're not they're not really having him deconstruct his belief system and be rebuilt from the bottom. They're trying to have him like have this great his belief system's wonderful. Kunlun is wonderful. Fight the hand, fight the hand. Kunlun's the best. Also, it's okay that he abandoned Kunlun, and uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I totally, I totally think that everything Ludwig said is very smart, and that show I would like, but I don't think that is in the <laughs> that that is not in the explicit text of the show, and I don't even know if it's in the subtext exactly. Uh, I believe I have one more feedback, and it's uh, it, it's I think it is along a similar lines. And I I, I gotta say though, I, I know I sound like I'm almost bashing or making fun of Ludwig's points. I think Ludwig's points are awesome. And if you see the show that way, that's wonderful. I just don't feel like I see the show that way. <laughs> um, like I, I don't think that's what they're trying to convey to me yet. Maybe you they're be really happy with the show that he described. If you and, actually got the show that he described. Yeah. And part of it is, I know from comics, <clears throat> Kunlun is not an evil place. And I think they're trying to like be true to that and make Kunlun this place that is to be protected, and that the Iron Fist's mission is worth worthy of being uh, there. You know, um, it's it's just strange to me uh, the way they've balanced it on this show. Yeah, because if all that stuff again, let's let's go ahead and read uh, read Hayden. I think it's Hayden Jones's okay. uh, feedback. <clears throat> I think it's it's along the same line, so we can touch on it more. Okay. Hayden Jones sent us an email saying, For myself, the Defenders did a lot to help redeem the Danny Rand character for me. What we can be reasonably certain of. One, Danny is rescued by the monks. Two, Danny is trained by the monks to become the weapon of Kunlun. Three, Danny is told about the Hand, but never actually encounters them. I believe Danny describes them as being more of a legend. Four, Danny defeats Shaolau and becomes the Iron Fist. Five, after defeating Shao Lao, he is found by Davos, who seems to be alone. Six, when he decides to go back to New York, he's guarding the passage alone. Uh, seven, Danny learns about his poison healing abilities from Bakudo. Eight, Danny learns how to recharge his chi from Bakudo. Uh, nine, Danny knows little about the hand. He learns more from Stick in a brief conversation than he ever did from the monks. Ten, Stick has no idea as to why Danny knows so little. And 11, Danny is often called the weapon and object of Kun Lun, sometimes by himself, and is encouraged to abandon his feelings. My interpretation? I have, I have a theory. Okay. Why would Danny, they made Danny the Iron Fist, he made himself the Iron Fist by fighting the dragon, why would they not be uh, teaching him all these things? <laughs> Kun Lun, these are things you need to know as the Iron Fist. Kun Lun has been taken over by Hydra. 
No, they're scrolls. Yeah, Kunlun is full of Hydra. It's full of Hydra that's actually scrolls. Scrydra. Scrydra. We're going to call them Scrydra. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, inter- <laughs> How dare you? Interrupt the Hayden's feedback. <laughs> uh, he says, my interpretation, Danny is deeply unhappy. The monks treated Danny like a disposable tool, the same way the black sky is also a disposable tool for the hand, and that was for stick. Uh, he was indoctrinated into becoming a warrior before he was of legal age to make that decision. I consider what the monks did to be child abuse. He achieved what the monks said was the greatest accomplishment, but he was still not happy, so he left to find what was left of his family. My interpretation is that the monks considered Danny an outsider and did not want him to become the Iron Fist. That would explain why Danny knew so little. Maybe if the monks had told him about the hand or how to use his powers, he wouldn't have left. One of the themes of the show is children as objects and not people. Actually, this applies to Jessica Jones. She was adopted as a PR stunt, and Luke was the miracle child and Carl the bastard. Thanks, Hayden Jones, Toronto, Canada. P.S. Sorry about the rambling. Oh, please never apologize for rambling. That's all we do here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of our job. <laughs> yeah, only apologize for it in that it's our job. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, again, gr- all great points. All all of that is true of Danny. I just don't think that they make the show about that. And they like like he says he's deeply unhappy, but the character I see on Iron Fist is a happy-go-lucky character. <laughs> like, he, 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 like, he gets angry, but he's not sad. I've never seen him be sad, really. Like, he's, he's, he gets angry at things. He's like a, he's like a happy-go-lucky guy with an anger problem and kind of a pride problem. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's, that's he's just got three modes. That's just the way I see it. Uh, but, 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 but I think that, uh, I think his points are absolutely valid. Um, and I'm glad people are out there liking it and, and wanting to wanting to defend the character. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad people are digging it because obviously it's, it's one of the few things I haven't liked from, from Marvel and I want, I want it to get better. I want it to be good. And maybe some of these ideas will bleed onto the screen in the future seasons and we'll really get a chance to see it. So, yeah, I think that, both both of you guys made great points about Iron Fist, and I think the Iron Fist story uh, that you are telling is wonderful and could be great. And I hope either, either they need to embrace that or change the character in some way. Because <laughs> what you're like, the character they're portraying and the, the kind of underlying story of Kunlun they're trying to tell, I think they don't match right now. And I think that's what needs to kind of change. Well, um, hopefully we'll get better. Uh, a better meshing of what is and what they want to tell in season two of Iron Fist. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Look forward to that. <laughs> but, uh, but. <laughs> All right, guys. We're again with the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Check out studiosweden.com for those headphones we were talking about. Uh, they were kind enough to support the cast by giving us some new gear, and that's pretty cool. Um, Marvel 15 to get your gear. Marvel 15 to get your 15% off. Also, uh, check out the Kickstarter. Uh, I'm going to be promoting it all month because it's my Kickstarter, and it, we've only got like 28 days left, and I need to raise a lot of money to make this album everything I want to make. Uh, thank you guys so much for all your support and all your love. We, we love 
talking to you guys every week. We'll be back tomorrow with Inhumans uh, IMAX pr- uh, review. So experience <laughs> the IMAX experience. experience. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.